Star Wars Jedi Survivor has more gameplay details coming out that sounds an awful lot like Ghosts of Tsushima. I'm going to break that down for you very quickly at the beginning of this video, along with other details about it being more like a Metroidvania. We have an AI buddy that's going to be helping us with traversal and combat. What exactly does this mean for this game, and why exactly do I think this is going to be very similar to Ghosts of Tsushima? Well, I'll tell you right here at the beginning. These are longer videos because I'm a live streamer, so there's a long discussion and a breakdown after. You can check out all the past broadcasts. I cover variety gaming topics. So, Jedi Survivor is obviously on a lot of people's radar, especially after the success of Jedi Fallen Order. Arguably, probably one of the best Star Wars games out there if you exclude some of the more popular MMORPGs that at this point for many people are either inaccessible or a little bit dated. Jedi Fallen Order literally landed out of nowhere for many people at least that's what it felt like and it was a great catalyst for many people to get into other melee based combat games for me it was a catalyst to get into Sekiro to get into games where the challenging combat and the swordsmanship is a centerpiece of what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And that was also one of the first games, Jedi Fallen Order. It was one of the first games I went back and replayed on a harder difficulty almost immediately. I I had to replay it. I wanted to up the difficulty. Well, we're hearing things about Jedi Survivor that are going to make this a little bit closer to one of my favorite games. Ghost of Tsushima. If you haven't played this game, I highly recommend it, especially with the director's cut and all of the updates. If you can get your hands on it on a PS5, that is the quintessential place to play it, with rumors of it coming to PC eventually. There is something coming to Jedi Survivor called Stances. There will be five new stances. They sat down with Game Informer, and this is what they had to say. We have five fully realized stances in the game. A lot of it depends on the enemy that you're coming across, its advantages uh, to use against certain types of enemies. So, like, basically, if there's a certain enemy type, it's going to be more advantageous to use a certain stance. However, it's up to the player to figure that out. It requires the player to break down the enemies and figure out the best weapon choice to use. So you're not just going to sort of get told the way they told you in Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima basically said, listen, this is uh, the, the spear guys, and this is the sword and shield guys, and you use these stances against those enemies. Well, this game's not going to do that, so they are still staying in that vein of challenging combat, challenging game where you're going to have to sort it out. Maybe somebody's kind of whooping you this particular scene. It looks like he might be losing, and then he suddenly gets out the dual saber, and I think that's going to be really fun to figure out the stances that'll work best for the different enemies. Now, we only know three detailed stances at this time. They didn't go into any other details, and one of the stances is a pretty big shift in the canon of Star Wars. Cal Kestis is in in, in the canon of Star Wars. I think he's going to be in Included in one of the TV shows, if not multiple, because the actor is very talented, and they brought him out during the Game Awards in an outfit, like dressed as if he was in the game, holding a lightsaber. I really think they're going to use him and utilize him in that way. And one of the stances I think is sort of cool, but many people might disagree. So, one of the new stances is dual blade. We see him using that in the one fight. We see him deflecting blaster shots with dual saber 
at one point. The other stance that many of us spotted was this one, the cross guard stance, which is very, very heavy and very damaging to the enemy. It's a more confident approach according to the interview. It's weighty, it's beefy. Uh, You have to be very measured on how you use it because the timing windows are longer with the cross guard style lightsaber. Again, those familiar with Kylo Ren may recognize it. Now the one that's sort of shaking things up is when you can wield a blaster and a lightsaber simultaneously. Many of us were speculating that Cal would be getting a blaster when those pre-order perks and benefits got out. It was like, oh hey, there's going to be a blaster at his side. And then we were combing over the gameplay looking for it. In this particular trailer, there were moments where the blaster wasn't there and one moment where it was clearly visible. So we started speculating, we'll probably get the blaster at some point and maybe even the the AI guy that kind of helps us out, maybe he gives us one and says, hey, you can't use your lightsaber in this area. But here is what they had to say about the fact that you're going to weave the blaster into one of your five stances. It's five years since the first game and the dark times are in full swing. He's an unconventional Jedi and he has to do unconventional things. So, something that would be frowned upon during the height of the Jedi Order... Cal's finding that he ha- he can do whatever it takes. So this is something that the Jedi frowned upon. It's considered uncivilized. I don't know if there's any evidence in any of the cartoons of Jedi's using blasters consistently, maybe in a pinch or something. Luke Skywalker uses one in the first movie before he's really a Jedi, uh, briefly in the Death Star, and from that point on, he never really holds or uses a blaster. There may be times where this happens, but this is pretty big that they're not just having him use one for a minute. It's going to be woven in to Cal's combat. You'll also notice there's an AI sort of buddy in the clip, and we weren't quite sure what his role would be, but apparently his name is Bode Akuna, and he is going to be helping you throughout the game. Now, we don't know if he's there all the time like Atreus in God of War, or if it's just for certain missions, but apparently... They're a lot like brothers. Cal and Bode have like a special bond and they really complement each other. And he actually aids you with combat and traversal. So getting up to higher places and things of that nature, almost a co-op element similar to when, you know, you throw Atreus up and then he drops something down for you. There's likely going to be moments like that in the game. Lastly, there's a new planet. We know Cal's visiting a new planet from the actual trailer, but the guy that did the interview with Game Informer says that that planet will be a central proving ground and place of exploration alongside other new worlds. Star Wars Jedi Survivor arrives March 17th, PS5, Series X, and S, and PC. Another thing people might have missed, this is a next-gen-only title which has many of us very excited to see exactly how much better it looks than the last one. As a fan of Ghost of Tsushima, I'm a little giddy to have another game with fun, challenging combat with multiple stances to switch through. Now, I'm going to start talking to the live chat, so if you're watching the past broadcast, keep listening. It's kind of like a podcast. It is safe for work. Make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these videos, these updates, these discussions. Uh, If you're in the live chat, do me a favor. We're going to need to throw this stream on our back Hit that like button, get things going, as Nave has already done, 
gifting five memberships. We already had one membership gifted this morning before I even went live from my man Silver Shadow and Nave renewed as a VIP and then I saw Nave said in chat that he had ordered some Frickmas. I printed your label. It's going to go out with the batch today. I put it on the couch out there for my wife to grab. That puts us a little bit closer to the gifted member or not the gifted member, just the member goal in general. If you want to become a member, you can push this goal. Once we hit 25, I have to gift five to say thanks to the community. Loki Creation, Brady, Noka Dan's, Poet Anderson, and Retorgi. You guys all got gifted memberships, so make sure you get in our Discord to connect with the community and be a part of everything that we do here. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut have excellent fight animations and realistic Tai Sabaki moves. We want perfect animations in Jedi. I'm already seeing evidence of that in the trailer that it seems as though they've really upped the combat, right? Can you gift on mobile? You might have to switch to a browser. Some of the mobile apps are letting you gift. What's good feed? I see you in the chat. Good morning, Kenneth. At seven months and it's a member plus. Thank you for doing that. I'm a little excited for the game as well. Thank you very much, Kenneth. I appreciate that. I love Jin Sakai's force powers. I, yeah, I kind of wanted to call this like Jedi Jedi Tsushima or something. I tried to get cute with the thumbnail, but I didn't want it to get too busy. It's hard to combine different uh, different video game elements. But I was like, man, I I am feeling the Tsushima vibes in this uh, in this game and in, in this in this description. I'm very very excited. Um, I'm down to finally play the first game in this series. Sometimes next year, definitely. Uh, the kind of game I'll only okay, uh, I'll only play on normal difficulty. Yeah, you can play Ghost of Tsushima <clears throat> on lethal, and you can play Jedi Fallen Order, and then obviously Jedi Survivor. You can play it at Jedi Master. Is that the hardest one? I forget the the, the difficulty settings in in the game, but I went up to second. I didn't go all the way to the top. Jedi Fallen Order difficulty settings. I I went up to right underneath. There's Story, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, and Jedi Grand Master. So I didn't do Jedi Grand Master. I just did Jedi Master. Definitely do not play the first game on hardest difficulty first. Yeah, Creature made that mistake. Only a Straw Hat deals in absolutes. That's a good blending of the two games. That's good. That's good. Jedi of Tsushima. I, I dig it. Yeah, the Jedi of Tsushima. That'd be a great, great game. You know, if if Ghost of Tsushima ever lands on PC, which rumors are that it will, maybe somebody could mod it and put Cal in the game and give him a lightsaber. Games like this, they feel like Kana to me. I'll have plenty of fun on normal. Yes, yes. And the cool thing is, Derek, I played Jedi Fallen Order on normal, right? And I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to replay that on a harder difficulty. I just immediately had that desire to say, I, I, I think I want to, I think I want to play this on the harder difficulty. And I really enjoyed doing that. It was, it was, it wasn't the hardest. It was the second hardest. So it goes story normal. So story's like just dead easy. Then there's normal. Then there's Jedi Knight. I'm sorry, Jedi Master. Then there's Jedi Grandmaster. I did not do Jedi Grandmaster. I was not interested in that. Yeah, Creature put the game... Creature put uh, Jedi Fallen Order on the hardest difficulty. Says, I thought I was going to go hard. I got killed by an insect. Yeah, that was one thing that really turned me on to the harder games. 
like Sekiro and like Dark Souls was because it really didn't matter where you went in Jedi Fallen Order. Every fight mattered. It could be a ram on a cliffside, a bug that crawled out of the ground, a group of stormtroopers, you know, or or something big like this. And I just always felt like it was really, really enjoyable to to fight. It was like the fights mattered. It wasn't frivolous. It wasn't hack and slash. You weren't going to button mash your way through the fight. And one of the things that I really, really enjoyed whenever I first played it was there was this frog, this giant frog in this room. And I insisted on fighting him. I kept going back and fighting him because I could tell. I was like, I can beat this guy. I can tell I'm kind of not supposed to be here yet, right? And if I beat him, I knew it was going to set the tone for the whole game. I was going to have this this boost of confidence. I was going to have this sense of like, yes, I I'm I'm um, oh there's I forgot to have the alerts on. There we go. Loki creation popping up there. I knew it was going to set the tone for the whole game. Here, let me turn the alerts on. If you guys gift any more members, we already got six members for the day. Thank you so much. Um, that frog is a double B. Yeah, Ugdo Bogdo or whatever his name is. The giant frog. Took me ages to kill him. I was the same. I wasn't leaving till he was dead. Uh, th- the thing that they really did a good job of in Jedi Fallen Order gameplay, you could tell that you were able to do it. Like, you could tell. You're like, I can beat this guy. Like, you knew what you were doing wrong or you were learning or whatever. Like, you could definitely tell. You're like, no, I can beat this guy. I know I'm not really supposed to do this yet. I don't quite have all the abilities and all the counters and parries or whatever. But I know for a fact I can beat this guy. They definitely put that frog there as a hurdle. I Yeah, I think they wanted you to know early on. It does two things, Arch Enigma. Number one, it establishes that this game is going to be pretty tough. But it also establishes a Metroidvania aspect. You can come back here and fight this guy, man. You don't have to fight him right now. You can come back later. You know, you don't have all the abilities. He's doing stuff that you can... And they really, really, they let you know that it's a Metroidvania in that fight. Because if you beat him, there's a chest in the room. You can't even open it. You can't even open the, open it up. And one of the things that I found really exciting about Jedi Survivor was in this interview with Game Informer, they're really upping the Metroidvania elements according to the interview. He's like, yeah, we're really increasing that aspect. We really want it to feel like that Metroidvania where you get abilities, you get new like this, like traversal chaining and things of that nature to where you're going to come back and say... I can get into that room now. I can get over that 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 thing or that hole or whatever. And I think that's going to be a really, really nice, enjoyable thing about it. I think that's a great way to get capital out of your game. You know, it, it, gives, it gives you that sense of I'm coming back or I'm getting stronger. I really, really like that aspect when they put that in games. They did that in Control. I thought the Metroidvania in Control was really, really enjoyable. That worries me slightly for exploration. Why would that worry you, Sandy? It's straight thrilling to take down an enemy before you should. I killed my first Thunderjaw in Horizon Forbidden West two weeks ago at only level 17. I was sweating. Yeah, yeah, Thunderjaws are tough. Gonna make it a rogue. If I die, I delete the save file, says Zubair. Don't forget this afternoon, I, I almost bumped this to the first show. I'm really excited 
Really excited for our second show today. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to be talking about a roguelike that's being designed for people who don't like roguelikes, and it looks awesome. Game Informer got a nice interview. I pay for the digital issue. So I've got the inside scoop on a game that you are going to want to pay attention to next year. So make sure you're here for the second show. Having to re-explore Dathomir because of traversal mechanics got old. Sandy, I will 100% agree with you that Dathomir didn't land as well as the other areas, but you've really got to open up those shortcuts. You want to know what the biggest problem with Dathomir is? I don't think it's the lack of shortcuts or the design. I think it's the map. The map was a little bit hard to navigate because once you sort of memorized it and knew where shortcuts were, Dathomir was actually totally fine, but it it's it's a combination of things. Dathomir sucks without the shortcuts, and even once you have the shortcuts, navigating them is really tough because the map just kind of sucks. So I do hope one quality of life improvement we get in Jedi Survivor, I hope the map is a little bit better. It wasn't that it was terrible. It was a functional map. But it also, sometimes you're like, I don't know where the frick I am. How do I get up there? Like, maybe let me set a waypoint and give me a line or a path to figure out how to get out of where in the heck I am. Every time I had to go to Dathomir, I considered closing the app. Dathomir is the poison swamp of fallen order. (laughs) That's good. That's good. When he first goes uh, live, I always miss about five to ten seconds. YouTube kind of messes up the first moment. Oh, hey Lono, I noticed when the stream starts for me, you're partway through the sentence. Yeah, that's fine. That's on purpose. That's by design. If you go back and watch my VODs, 90% of the time, it'll be, it'll be like, it'll be this logo, it'll be this logo, and then I come out of the logo, and I'm like, hey, you know, thanks for being here, and then I just immediately start talking. I don't know why the timer's not working, um... Yeah, the timer's not working. Sequence, full screen cam, second cam, three minutes to 20 seconds. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's not working. Maybe I've been switching too much. Maybe I haven't been on this scene for three minutes. That seems unlikely. I was thinking how I had trouble navigating the map. Yeah, good morning. Oh, you've been sick all night? Oh, golly. Sorry, Hilly. Merry Christmas, y'all. That is unfortunate. Sorry you're feeling that way, Hill. Uh, Hilberg, as my daughter calls you. That's your full name. That's your Christian name. Be good if you could choose between a Jedi and the dark side with different abilities and skills. It would open up the replayability a lot more. Well, slave to the system, I get where you're coming from. I do. But not every game has to give you that choose a side because they have a story they want to tell. The epic ending in Jedi Fallen Order, it wouldn't be very epic if like, you could have chosen throughout the game to be dark side but I will tell you this something that I really want to see I would love to see a prequel to Jedi Fallen Order make it 40 bucks make it shorter give me a prequel where I can play as Trilla she's the one coming after you she's the one that you have to fight she is awesome she needs her own game I think she steals the show in Jedi Fallen Order I think I would actually love for her to come back. I would love for them to kind of Darth Maul her up and be like, yeah, she's still alive. Like, somebody puts her back together and we get more of her. Because I think she's 
friggin' awesome. I think she's awesome. But her descent into the dark side would make for a really fun game. You'd have a dark side skill tree. She'd be going out and doing stuff for uh, for the big man himself. She'd be going out and doing stuff for Darth Vader. I would love to see that. I think it's unlikely they're going to do that, but I think she was probably the strongest... I think she was the strongest presence in the last game, which says a lot, because the guy who voices Cal... I think the guy who voices Cal Kestis is 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 a very very strong strong actor. I think he did a great job. Same with Seer. So me saying that I felt like Trilla kind of stole the show—that's actually really high praise. Uh, please know we need to stop with the constant surviving of lightsaber blows, Harry. I know where you're. Co- I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from, Harold, and. I, I'm I'm only saying it because I like her so much. Like I kind of agree with you. Like if somebody gets cut down, just let them be dead, right? Here's an example. I think of what they're talking about. See how he gets out his second lightsaber. So in the interview, he said he said that the stances they're not going to tell you what stance is good for what enemy. Now in Ghost of Tsushima, they straight up told you they're like this stance is for the spear guys. This stance is for the guys with sword and shield. So in this game, you might be mid-fight and be like, all right, Feather Plucker, I'm getting out my other lightsaber because it might help with the fight. You're going to figure out through the rhythms, their movement, their choices, and maybe just through trial and error, you're going to figure out which stances are the most advantageous for the different fights. So I actually really, really like that. I like that they're not going to tell us. Like, I'm okay with the fact that, like, Ghost of Tsushima is like, this is the stance you want to use, because it kind of gives you that sense of you scope out the landscape and you're like, I got a guy over here with a spear, I got a guy here with sword and shield, and I got a regular guy here. And you're, you're sort of flowing through those stances, which I think gives the game a really, really fun and finessed feel. Uh, but I do think you could totally let people figure it out on their own, and that would be just as satisfying. I believe there's five total stances in Tsushima now. Did they not add a fifth stance in uh, Ikishima? I believe that they did. I just crush everyone with a boulder. I force throw at them. In the last mission, knowing when to use each power attack that transitioned to the other style was key. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really fun. That was really, really fun. I, I, I especially enjoyed that. I, 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 there were people that complained about the final fight in that game, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. If you guys are enjoying the show, do me a favor. Do all the things. Click all the buttons. Spam those emotes. Give some members. Order some coffee. We already had a coffee order and gifted members today. And that coffee order, I printed it out. It's uh, it's with the orders going out today. So thank you to everybody who's been supporting the Frickmas blend. That's what's next to me right here. Um, this is ours, by the way. You're not supporting, like, a sponsor. We do have sponsors. If you're ever curious about the glasses I'm wearing or the shirt that I'm wearing, We have links below and commands you can use in chat. So, they also seem to indicate that the mounts, that the mounts are going to play a role in the Metroidvania element. So, they show the mounts here. They show the mounts here. And it seems as though taming these mounts and getting around is going to play a role in in the Metroidvania elements. Like, it's not just about like, oh, now you can double jump, right? 
Yeah, I liked Marin from the first game too. I thought she was really, really good. I thought she was I thought she was excellent. I don't think she was necessarily as strong as Trilla. I had theories that Jedi Fallen Order 2, which is essentially what this is, Jedi Survivor. I had theories they were going to let you switch between the three characters. Like, you were going to help Seer reconnect to the Force, because you had already learned how to, and you were going to train Marin in the, in, in, because she was clearly Force-sensitive, and she really liked holding your lightsaber. I thought they were going to do the whole, like, three three different characters you can play as, three different skill trees. I thought that would have been awesome. But we don't know what's happened to Grease, and we don't know what's happened to Marin. All we know is they're not around. We don't see them in the trailer, and Cal is flying the ship by himself uh, and crashes it at one at one point. How do we change stances where we have different kinds of lightsabers? Like, do we change mid-game through the table or something? No, it's on the fly, homie. He does it in one of the fights. He does it in this fight here. So, in this fight here, he, he has... You can see there, I think they did this intentionally. I think they did this intentionally. So when this guy shows up, they show you holding one lightsaber, and then you can see he's got the second one on his hip, right? So he's got a second one if he decides that he wants it. And uh, just look at BD. Look how cute he is, like, hiding back there. Like, he's a little, he's a little spooked. He's hiding behind Dad. And uh, so in this fight, though, he just randomly gets out the second one. And I think it's going to be similar to Tsushima. I think you can just fluidly switch. So he backs up here and gets the second one out and then goes in and does a move. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to be wearing ponchos. Every single time they show him, he doesn't have a poncho on. He looks a little bit more. He's dressed a little bit more like Han Solo than than anybody. He's wearing a vest a lot of the time, which I, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I think he looks dope. You actually can pre-order and get the and get Han Solo's outfit uh, to wear. Which, wait a minute. I just thought of something. Oh, never mind. Never mind. This isn't a Sony title. I was like, the reason we know about the pre-order benefits is because of the Steam page. And I was like, I, I had it in my mind this was a Sony title because I'm thinking so much about Ghost of Tsushima. So do you think the Great Saber is a new stance and not just a new weapon? It is a new stance. According to the interview, Barrier, you missed the show open. Here, I'll read this for you. There are five stances being added to Jedi Fallen Order. Similarly to Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima had four stances for the base game, and I believe, I don't think so. Let me see if another order came through. That was literally from this morning. My wife's asking if a coffee order's come through because we'll print the other label. The label pages have two labels, so we always hate to have that odd number. If anybody orders coffee in the next, like, one to two minutes, we'll print the label right now. It'll go out with today's orders. So there's five stances. There were four base stances. There were four stances in the base game of Tsushima. I believe they added a fifth stance in Ikishima or something of that nature. It might have been an armor set that essentially gave you almost like what felt like a fifth stance. So there's five. All right. We only know the details of three. Okay. One of the new stances is the dual blade option. We saw that in the trailer. Another stance is lightsaber with the blaster simultaneously. So you're not just pulling out the blaster to like shoot targets or solve puzzles or whatever. You're also not just using the blaster because there could be sections where you maybe you can't use your lightsaber and maybe that's where we get the blaster. But there's an actual stance 
where you use the blaster interwoven with your combat. And then the third one that we have detail about is a heavy stance using the cross guard style lightsaber. And the details on it are this. It is a more confident approach. It's weighty. It's beefy. You have to be very measured on how you use it because the timing windows are longer with the blade. So we know three of the five stances. Now, I think we can assume we know four. Okay, so they've detailed three, but I think we can say we know four, and here's why. This shot right here after this section. Watch what he does. No, that's dual blade. Hang on. Did I go back too far or not far enough? I might have not gone back far enough. Hang on. Oh, yep. I wasn't in the I wasn't in the, the, the YouTube video. Where is it? Okay. It's after this. I think we can confirm four. Doesn't sound like we're switching stances mid-fight. Yes, it does. They show it in this video. He literally switches stances in this video. Watch. We've got evidence of a fourth stance, I believe, in this video. Okay. Goes like that. That could be a stance right there. He's holding it different. That's not the one I was talking about. Right there. Right there. So I think a fourth stance is twin blade. Twin, twin, twin saber. Because he's he's clearly he's clearly holding the twin blade before he throws it, right? He's clearly he's clearly holding that before he throws it. I wonder though, I wonder if the holding the blade downward. I wonder if holding the blade downward because he's holding it downward there for the execution, right? He's holding it downward. It's pointed down, pointed down as he spins, and then he does it again here. It's pointed downward, and he does like a, an across slice there. I think we might have all five stances in this trailer. I think we might have all five. I think the twin, I think the twin blade Darth Maul stance, and then whatever we would call holding it down, like Star Killer, right? Is that how Star Killer held it? Also, to Eugene saying, I don't think we switch stances mid-fight. He does it right here. He gets knocked down. Okay, they separate and stance switch. He gets the he gets the second saber out. That's a stance switch right there. He goes from single blade to to, to dual blade. That's that because you can see they fight they fight with one blade. He he gets in the fight here, gets knocked down. As soon as they separate, he switches stances. So I believe we're switching stances mid fight. We switch stances mid fight and fall in order. We did that in the first game. Yeah, we did. We did that in the first game. It would be weird that we don't switch stances. Listen, listen to... I hope we switch stances, because listen to how he talks about it. You have to be very measured with how you use the heavy stance because of the timing windows are longer with the blade. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Listen to this. Listen to this. We have five fully realized stances in the game. A lot of it depends on the enemy that you're coming across. It's advantageous to use certain types of stances against certain types of enemies, and it's up to the player to figure that out. It requires the player to break down the enemies and figure out what best weapon of choice is. That would be really weird if you have to go into the menu. Right? It'd be weird to go into the menu to be like, oh, I just figured out that this guy, I, I think that this guy, experimentation would be really, really truncated. I really hope it's not like that. I hope you can switch on the fly. It'd be weird to pull out the heavy cross uh, guard saber mid fight. No, it wouldn't, because it's our saber. Watch. 
Watch. It's our saber. It's the same saber we always have. And he and he hits a button and it switches. Let me try and find it. It's near yeah, right here. Okay. This is the same saber that we always have. Oh, hang on. That's our same lightsaber. Because if you watch carefully in this clip, you can see the bottom half of it. That's the same twin blade that you use when you want to be Darth Maul. Look how dadgum long it is. That's the same saber. That's the one that's on our hip. I guarantee you, if you want to do twin blade, and look here, it's not on his hip. He has one saber. Look at the way that he's holding that. That is our, that's our lightsaber. See if I can get a shot of the actual, uh, like, that might have been a good one. As he comes down. Yeah, that's the bottom where the other blade comes out. It's the, it's all it's all the same lightsaber. Does he have two sabers through the trailer? At one point, he's got a saber on his on his hip and a saber in his hand, and he pulls it out and he does dual blade. I think when you want to do tin, twin blade, you connect them, and I think when you want to do this, you press a button and the, and the cross guard comes out. I'm not seeing the ghost comparison. How do you not see the ghost comparison when Ghost of Tsushima has four stances that you interchange depending on the enemies that you're fighting and this game has five stances that you change depending on the enemy that you're fighting? How, how do you not see that that comparison? That that seems like almost that seems like a practical that's like a one to one to me. Yeah. That that's the saber. That's that's our that is our that is our saber. That's the twin blade. We we always have there's a really good shot there when he comes down on the ground. He goes like this, and then he lands. Yeah, look at that. That is so clearly our lightsaber. It's always that same saber. I, we're going to be switching on the fly. Bet. Bet. We push a button, and the cross guard comes out. We turn, it, we turn it to the side, and the twin blades come out. We break it apart, and it's dual blade. We put one on our hip, and it's one blade. Lore-wise, it's pretty weird for Cal to have five unique lightsaber styles and configurations built into one, but gameplay-wise, it works. Well, and lore-wise, I mean, are there any... Can you guys educate me on this? I need Star Wars nerds to help me out here. Is there evidence in any of the cartoons or anything of a Jedi using a blaster intermixed with their lightsaber? And I'm not talking about, like, in a pinch, they grab a blaster. I mean, like, they have a blaster with them all the time. Is that is that in any of the canon? Ezra has a lightsaber blaster. Okay, so he wouldn't. So Cal's not the first. Okay, so Ezra. Is there anybody else? I feel like Cal would be the first. Why is it not doing? Why is it not coming over here? I don't understand. All right, I'm going to stay in this scene for three minutes and I'm going to test this out. I'm going to stop going to gameplay. I think I might be disrupting it. Ezra isn't a Jedi. Wait. Okay, no, my question was, is there a Jedi? I'm not talking about someone who just has a blaster saber. Kanan dual wields lightsaber and blaster. Ezra has them both built into one weapon. Is there a Jedi? Ezra's a Padawan. Okay, okay. So at least following the way of the Jedi and and ends up having some type of a blaster thing. Did anybody order coffee that we need to print? Yeah, somebody did. 
Albert Seven ordered a bag of dark roast. Mama? Down here? Kanan is a Jedi Knight and Ezra's mentor. Oh, say, okay, so Kanan... Hang on. Oh, Kanan dual wields lightsaber and blaster. Okay, so this isn't this isn't the first time that a Jedi does this. So Cal's not unique in that regard, but he would be breaking from like traditional Jedi, the tr- traditional Jedi way. Hang on, let me tell her. Uh, got an order. Hi for the coffee. Thank you, Avid Seven. Oh, you're here. Yeah, it's gonna be uh here gonna be one dark I felt that yeah the best cup of coffee you had all week I did the same thing I always do four scoops flatten off the top boy and then uh, and the same amount of water I always do crazy how many cross-platform games are inspired from SIE produced PlayStation exclusive games no Jedi don't use blaster. Even the dual lightsaber and two saber fighting style is not popular because it's unfair in a fight. All right, we want no return label, first class, and bam, bam. I still want to know who's in the back to tank. I'm convinced the guy in the back to tank is in the trailer later on. The back to stuff is what like heals you. Remember in Boba, remember in Book of Boba Fett, he was constantly in the back to tank. The back to is the liquid that like heals their body. It showed up in Empire first because they put Luke in one when he got all beat up by the um by the Bumble. Had to take a closer look at the trailer. Here, I'll show you who I think is in the trailer. Who I think is him. I said I was going to stay in that scene for three minutes, and I just I just broke. I asked my girl which flavor, and she instantly said dark roast. Yeah, our dark roast is 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 one of our more popular flavors. Frickmas outdoes it once it rolls around, which is available right now. Yeah, I th- I'm telling you, I think that's another stance right there. I think the way he holds it right there, I think that's one of the stances. I don't think that's just an execution. I think he's holding it differently. This guy... So, I think this guy here, I think he is in the back to tank. His arm, he's, his, well, he's behind, hang on, let me get out of the way. Alright, there we go. So, he's, he, he's missing, he's missing the same arm. He has very similar hair. He has the lighter skin, and he has the blue eyes. I, I think this is the guy from the tank. He's in the back to tank. It was confirmed. Oh, this is the guy. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't know who else it'd be. You just run into another guy with long hair, light skin, blue eyes, and a missing right arm. Like, that seems unlikely. There's a lightsaber gun. I think the common theory is the guy in the tank is from THR. I mean, there are even fighting styles where the sabers are floating around the user, too. Lona, I'm gonna need you to grow your beard longer and get more gray in it before you say boy like that anymore. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he tries to impersonate me. I'll be like, boy. And he's like, boy. <laughs> um, from what I've heard, he could be a Jedi from the High Republic. Oh, oh, THR, the High Republic. 
Kenobi used a blaster in Revenge of the Sith. Also, General Grievous owned a blaster. Well, Grievous wasn't a Jedi, but Kenobi uses a blaster in Revenge of the Sith? I don't remember him doing that. I'm not talking about like a one-time thing. One of the new stances in Jedi Survivor is Cal Kestis has a blaster that he uses alongside of his saber. It's one of his stances. He has five stances. When he kills Grievous, so uncivilized. Oh, that's right. That's right. He like he like does it and then he like throws it down afterward, doesn't he? Doesn't he say something? He 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 says something about it, doesn't he? I I've I've wiped those movies from my memory. Your Skeletor shirt's awesome. Thank you. If you like my uh if you like my Skeletor shirt, let's go to the scene. If you like my Skeletor shirt, this comes from 80s tees. Uh, no, it's not on the back. It's not on the back. Um, it is, uh, you can use my code over there, 80stees.com, use code LONO, and uh, you can. You can uh, get 30% off. They got a great Christmas collection. Be sure to check that out. I also have a He-Man shirt just like this. Jedi are completely broken after Order 66. There's no more rules. Why is that so hard to understand? I don't think people are having a hard time understanding it. We're just saying it's cool. Like, Cal Kestis is going to be one of the one of the guys that kind of breaks from the, 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 the Jedi way a little bit. I saw Jedi Survivor and Tsushima inspired and definitely had to click subscribe. This game is definitely looking like it'll live up to the hype. Can't wait. Oh, thank you. If you've never been here before, do me a favor. Click subscribe so you can talk in the chat. We'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite, you know, game of this type? I I love Tsushima. So when I heard there was five stances, uh, I got very, very excited. And uh, because that very very much reminds me of Tsushima and why I love Tsushima's combat so, so much. And uh, also make sure you guys are smashing the like button. Consider becoming a member. We do members content every single day, uh, midday when I take my lunch break. I do have a second talk show planned for this afternoon. It's about a rogue shooter that you're really going to want to pay attention to next year. The more I read about it and look at it, the more excited I get. So stick around for that. Uh, And then we have a Discord for members as well as Friday night streams with my wife. This Friday will be really, really fun as we, you know, sort of say Merry Christmas to everybody the night before Christmas Eve. New subscriber here too. Well, welcome, Bobby. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for being here. We do variety content. So every day I'm sitting in this chair in this scene, and yesterday we covered... um, What did we cover yesterday? We covered Blue Protocol, as well as Xbox and third-party titles, why Xbox is struggling to get certain types of third-party titles. So we talk a lot about a lot of different things here. So... Make sure you have that notification thing turned on. Make sure you check your sub feed every day. If I'm ever not on your homepage, we're always doing multiple talk shows a day here. I'm also safe for work. A lot of people throw me on in the background of their day, kind of like a video game podcast. I, uh, I almost never have radio silence, so you can keep me going in the background of your day. I forgot his name off the top of my head, but there's been a few great characters in the different novels that really came to grips with the different ways... Of being a Jedi. The one novel was I, Jedi. Luke became the maximum figure of the Jedi and he was full uh, Han Solo style. Where does that happen? The Jedi still definitely have rules post-66. They're just more ideals that motivate their actions instead of restrictions that are forbidden. Yeah, I don't think that they're, I don't think they're giving him a blaster to be like 
he's breaking from the Jedi rules. It's more like, look, man, he's not a he's not a purist, right? He's not a purist. He's he's accepted that he's going to do what it takes to get through, which I think is cool. I, I I think there we go. There the timer's working now. Speaking of Star Wars, check that out. Oh, I knocked the foot off of it. I always do that. That's my only complaint about this set. And I knock the, like, the 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 foot comes off all of the time. These little these little feet down here. Front one is so the front one's so easy to knock off. It'd be stupid for him to not have a blaster. Needs a defense weapon that isn't suspicious. Oh, for sure. I wonder if there's going to be uh, missions and quests where you can't use your lightsaber. Right? You just have to use the blaster. That'd be cool. Kanan had a blaster saber combo because he was law he he was a lost Padawan in hiding post sixty six. He used a blaster to hide his identity as a Jedi, only using his saber when necessary. Saying he's not a purist is saying he's breaking from the rules. Doesn't mean he isn't a Jedi, uh, but he's not following the orthodoxy. Yeah, but prior to sixty six, was it a rule? Like in the lore, was it a rule that they couldn't use blasters? Or again, was it just sort of like a religious Tenant, or would they say no? You can't use a blaster. Like, wouldn't the Jedi Council be like, you can't do that? What, or was it just like an i like like we've been saying? It's more of an ideal. Like, ew, those are uncivilized. The X wing is missing uh, one of the antennas on the left wing. Oh, you're right. I have no idea where it is. Did I knock it off? It must be, it, it's over there. I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. It's underneath the TIE Fighter. There was a Jedi who had an illusion power that he didn't even realize he possessed. It would make people see stuff that wasn't real. He struggles with whether or not that's a dark thing to do. No, they just avoided using them because blasters are primarily used to kill. Oh, okay, okay. Say norms instead of rules. When Lono says Kanan. Yeah, I don't know. What is it, Kanan? I guess it makes more sense to say Canaan, right? That's a biblical pronunciation. Well, not really. That's just a that's a place, the land of Canaan. Yeah. Jedi have been extinct since the original Star Wars. Until the Order is restored, then new ro- rules can be established. Rebuilding the Jedi Order is what excited me the most about these games. I want to ask where the Republic troopers, clone troopers back in the years of the Old Republic thousands of years ago, thanks. Oh, where are they? I don't know. Where are the Republic Troopers, clone troopers, back in the years of the Old Republic thousands of years ago? In this game? Gun use being frowned upon is inspired by the Bushido mindset that killing with guns was impersonal, no honor. You killed your opponent with your sword, being an extension of your soul. Oh, I love that. Lono, you would have met Kanan uh, in Bad Batch. He is the Padawan hunter that doesn't kill when the order was given. He's grown up in Rebels, though. Okay. Quite the opposite. Jedi didn't use blasters because blasters were used primarily to kill. Jedi weren't designated to kill. Oh, so it wasn't a Bushido thing. It was... We don't... We try our best not to kill. Like, the lightsaber is not viewed as a honorable way to kill it's used as what I would imagine defense because even 
I mean, when Obi-Wan uses his in New Hope, he doesn't kill the guy, right? He chops his arm off, which, I mean, I guess you assume he dies. It doesn't seem like he lives, but... Protection and defense. It's a tool of peace. Okay. Which, I guess that kind of makes sense in the movies where they're like, well, we gotta give this guy the ability to, you know... We have to give these guys, sorry, we have to give these guys the ability to just just absolutely comb everybody down, mow everybody down, so they just make it a bunch of droids. So, like, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are just chopping up plastic and metal. It was literally, this is a tool used to kill. Our first goal isn't to kill. Blaster's first goal is to kill. It's that simple. Okay. They're against killing. It's a last resort. I guess that makes sense in the one cartoon because when I was watching it, I thought it was a very poignant moment where this guy tells Obi-Wan you're not a cold-blooded killer and then a lightsaber blasts through his chest and it's Anakin and I thought that was such good subtle foreshadowing. Obviously, we know who Anakin becomes, but I thought it was still well done. The guy's like, you know, you won't kill me. You're not a cold-blooded killer. And then he dies and Anakin's behind him. It's like, Oh, here's a cold-blooded killer. <laughs> Here, here's somebody who has no problem killing. Yeah, Anakin. That's why Anakin beheading Dooku is an important scene. That's just why those movies are such awful storytelling, because there's so much there that they just they don't even... It's all so glossed over and fast and cheap. Force Jesus himself. Right, Jedi Defend, I'm referencing Lucas's inspiration for the Jedi being samurai. Samurai traditionally would use their sword before a gun, but didn't rule out the use of guns as history has seen. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously a religious sword-toting, you know, defender of the defender of the people, which I obviously is inspired by the samurai. It fits because deflecting a blaster shot back to the source is only redirecting the shooter's intent to kill back to them. Revenge of the Sith slander. (laughs) Do you think Kenobi will be referenced because the timelines are lined up exactly with the Kenobi series? Yeah, I don't know what their plans are, Steza, because you could do a couple of things with Cal in the timeline. There's a handful of things you could do with Cal. Number one, you could have him in Ahsoka because Ahsoka is going to have flashbacks and stuff with Anakin, but Ahsoka is post all the bad stuff. We just, I, I just, it would be weird to land all the way there and be like, oh, Cal's still around. Like, I don't know, unless you freeze him and somebody finds him and thaws him out. That's why I thought he could show up in Mando. Oh yeah, he just frees him and then somebody finds him and thaws him out. Because, I mean, there's a BD unit in Mando and she calls him BD. It's like, come on. And I know people are like, well, that's what they would call those droids. Uh Uh-huh. Are they running around saying R2? R2? Like, I know they would say R2 unit, the R2 unit over there, you know, but I don't know. People fought me on that. I'm like, uh... Maybe they just did that to say the universes are connected, or maybe it was an Easter egg to be like, no, BD ends up on Tatooine. And why would he end up on Tatooine? Well, because 
Cal would have gotten word of a cryptic Jedi hanging out on Tatooine, maybe. I'm not sure. And then BD ends up there, and Cal dies. Somebody kills him. And that's that's the only reason that BD would be there abandoned at that at that outpost, basically, with that lady. Which, funny enough, she's the lady from Elf, isn't she? Like, the secretary? You know, to make crystal bleed, you need to kill the owner of the crystal and use the force to make the crystal bleed red. They called other droids R4 and R7. Why do you end up on Tatooine? Because it's Star Wars. Everything ends up on Tatooine. <laughs> That's kind of true. We're going to build brand new base. Where are we going to put it? Oh, Tatooine. <laughs> Pick a random spot. Watch Ahsoka surprise cameo in the end of this game. Think about it logically. Use a blaster against Jedi's who can deflect that and kill you, or just best them in a lightsaber duel. Obi dies at the end of this game. I don't think they'll kill him at the end of this game, Wheeze, because I feel like they're going to want to do a trilogy with this with this um this arc. I think they'll do Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, and then they could do Jedi New Order. And it could be them trying to establish the new order of the Jedi, and it'll ultimately fail. We know in the timeline that doesn't happen. Unless they use Cal to create a whole secret side story about, like, Jedi in hiding or something, but I just don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to, like, dodge all around major cannon points and then, and then impact timelines that don't exist yet. I don't know if they would do that. You'll think they'll call it Jedi Knight? Star Wars Jedi Knight. I don't know. Jedi Survivors is such an awkward name. I loved I loved when somebody put this in chat a while ago. Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Hidden Order, Jedi New Order. I was like, that's so freaking good, but here we are with Jedi Survivor. Like, okay. There's a TV show called Survivor. I guess we'll just leave it at that. Thank you guys so much for another strong day, another strong start. Make sure you're smashing that like button and uh, make sure you're gifting or becoming a member if you want to help us hit that daily goal. When we hit 25 members, I got to gift five. And thank you for getting us started fast on that this morning. We already have six. Thanks for the response. At least I know that the clone troopers didn't exist during the ancient years of the Old Republic. What's good, Melee? You think the devs went, oh crap, after Vampire Survivors? probably not no it's one's plural one's attached to the word vampire i don't i don't think so the next game is going to be called star wars jedi lost (laughs) star wars jedi lost and found (laughs) star wars jedi missing star wars missing jedi jedi the last of us (laughs) oh my gosh stupid yeah jedi survivor next one's gonna be called jedi survived nobody is mixing those two games up yeah I wouldn't think so there were no clone troopers in the old republic oh wait I asked Sandy why she was worried about the exploration and I don't know if I ever read are you still here Sandy I I didn't read your explanation of that fellowship of the Jedi there were no clone troopers in the old republic right was 40 minutes into stage 3 and wondering where Cal was (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself, Zubair. <laughs> I was 40 minutes into stage three. Where's Cal? Jedi missing order. 
I don't think they're going to use the word order again because they went from Jedi Fallen Order to Jedi Survivor. I think it'll be Star Wars Jedi something, right? I, but it ain't going to be. They're not going to have the word order. That'd be so awkward to have the middle game not call it that. Man, the graphics on this sequel blow. <laughs> That would be such a fun channel, the confused gamer. And every game you play, you just get confused like it's supposed to be, you know, from you think it's some other game, you know what I mean? <laughs> Man, Day Z and then Days Gone. These games just don't even feel related at all. I don't even understand. Where's all of the zombies? Well, I guess there's zombies, but this is not a good sequel to Day Z. And people in the comments are like, "You freaking idiot." <laughs> It's not it's not the sequel to Daisy. <laughs> Just get it wrong every time. <laughs> what? Go upstairs. Trying to 100% fall in order was painful. <laughs> Love your southern accent. Thank you. <laughs> Jedi Bachelor. I'm all for artistic liberty, but I don't remember this many bats in Star Wars. <laughs> Look, man, artistic liberty's cool and all, but I don't remember there being any vampires in Star Wars. <laughs> what is this? I appreciate the new art style, but I don't understand the connection to the first game. Do I need to be more than 30 hours into the game for the connection? <laughs> uh, Cluster Blank and Turbo Overkill had a baby and went viral on Reddit. Oh, Meat Grinder. Yeah, they were trying to get me to play that one. Oh, Conan did something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would sit and play along with people and just act like a confused idiot. Sure, sure, sure. You have to realize that very specifically avoided using order in the naming scheme of the sequel. Survivor implied something far more different than a prequel game. Wait. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying, uh, Wheezy. Oh, 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 Sandy. First game was super linear. If they double down on Metroidvania with the same system, it could get very repetitive quick. That's why Sandy doesn't want the Metroidvania elements. So in this interview about Jedi Survivor, they said that they were sort of ramping up uh, the, the Metroidvania elements. And there were quite a bit of Metroidvania elements in the previous game. There were. And so if they do more of that, Sandy's like, oh, that could get old quick. Now, I, for one, enjoy... Metroidvania elements in games. I loved it in control. Excuse me. I loved it in control. And I liked it in Jedi Fallen Order. I thought they did a really good job with it. I thought it felt, you know, it felt like, oh, I'm I'm gaining force abilities and exploring and, and seeing the benefits of that. Not that I don't want them. I just want it fleshed out better. The way that it was described... Um, in the interview, let me just pull the interview up because the way that it was described, it really felt like they've expanded it quite a bit. Like, I don't think it's going to feel so narrow and linear with Metroidvania. Fallen Order ultimately was us trying to find the whatever BS and reestablish the new Jedi Order, which we didn't, spoilers, but now Jedi Survivor is the title. They're definitely trying to convey something else. Right, I get that. I get that, Weez. They're like, listen, it, it, it's, it's not about reestablishing the order, you know. Let me pull up this Game Informer interview. Um, a lot of it depends on this. Hang on, the new stances, new heavy stance in addition. Da-da-da-da-da. Jedi Survivor establishes new mechanics. 
greater flexibility of exploration will this fit in the frame no it won't um it won't Jedi Survivor embraces several new traversal mechanics, allowing for much greater flexibility and exploration. That includes using an ascension cable for climbing and crossing distant points. Um, and the ability to tame and ride mounts. And this is what the guy says. It's much, it's much of a wider Metroidvania approach. Cal can cross huge gaps by chaining several types of skills together, but it's also about how we approach these mounts and how they're used to negotiate and dominate the world. I don't know. To me, it sounds like they're really opening the game up and letting it breathe a little bit. Instead of it being like, you know, this linear thing where you loop back because like, oh, I can unlock this door now. You know what I mean? Having mounts and him saying you're going to need to chain abilities to get across wide open gaps... That to me indicates they've they've expanded the game a little bit. They're letting the open they're letting the areas be a little bit more open and breathe. It's been a tradition for a long time for a Star Wars game series to have confusing titles. Jedi Outcast was like a sequel to a spin-off to a sequel or something. The titles are kind of bonkers. Having to navigate an entire planet for a skin was frustrating. I was hesitant when God of War Ragnarok said they were adding new movement abilities, but I came to enjoy them, says Zubair. How great did it feel when you get climbing claws and you can zoom up the walls? It'd be neat if our traversal starts at a base level and gets better. Yeah, thanks for putting Lono Dope emotes in the chat creature guys we are an hour into the broadcast and I have not disrupted the show with any ads if you appreciate that kind of content and you've enjoyed the show today make sure and hit subscribe so you can talk in my chat we'd love to hear from you about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Jedi Survivor gameplay details have come out. There's five stances. It's more Metroidvania. We're going to have an AI buddy helping us. What do you think of all of this? I think it sounds a lot like Tsushima with the five stances uh, seamlessly changing. Do you guys think we're going to be able to change seamlessly in the fights? Because that was something we debated a little bit ago. Will you be able to switch from dual blade, like dual saber, twin saber, heavy saber, one saber? Like, Are you going to be able to switch between those five? Uh, I think we're going to be able to seamlessly switch, personally. And when you guys spam those Lono Dope emotes, it indicates to people that they should smash that thumbs up button. Let's see 200 on the on the, uh, on the the channel. And another thing that we do is we do that member incentive. So feel free to help us move this number over here. That is how we do these free live shows every day uh, with no ads or no advertisements baked in. If you're watching the past broadcast, we do put ads on there, but that's different because it doesn't interrupt the show. It's just you wait, and then it picks up where it left off. Super excited for Jedi Survivor, says Chris. Fallen Order was one of my favorite games the past few years. I am the same. It's one of the few games I immediately played a second ver- uh, a second time. I increased the difficulty. I just jumped right in. I would think that we would start this game with the moves and the powers that we ended in the first game, and we just build from there. No point in starting over uh, from noob status. I tend to agree with that, and here's why. I think the five stances that they've outlined are likely going to be additive, and then that's how we interact with the new threats, the new enemies, you know, the harder the harder fights. 
It got me into other games of the same style, like Sekiro. Exactly the same thing happened to me. It got me into Sekiro. Now, I walked away from Sekiro for a while and came back to it later, but it definitely got me to try Sekiro as somebody who traditionally... I mean, I never touched uh, FromSoft games back then. I just didn't do it. I didn't like them. I didn't want to touch them, you know? And so, it it, it got me into uh, Sekiro as well. And I think... At some level, they they sort of took inspiration from those games, and it was, I think, a catalyst into harder combat. I don't necessarily think that was their goal. I don't think that was their goal, but I do think, I do think that one of the one of the elements of the combat was we don't want this game to be a hack and slash. We want the combat and the gameplay to feel challenging. Star Wars Jedi Knight had stances. You would just switch uh, when in a fight, light, medium, and heavy, and it's 20 years old, says Paul. Yeah, so a 20-year-old game had three stances that you could switch to in the middle of a fight. I don't see why we wouldn't do that uh, in, in this. I mean, even in Fallen Order, you switch between single blade and twin, and twin, you switch between single saber, twin saber, right there on the fly. I don't know if my memory could be bad, but a lot of sequels don't carry over all the power from the first game. You usually don't start a new sequel with a bunch of power. It basically is half reset. You have more to earn. Same for Jedi Outcast as Wheezy. Same. Playing Sekiro right now, it got me into FromSoft games in general. Unlocking new stances as Arch Enigma, possibly skill trees for each, will be a good amount of progression. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the way the way that he call, he describes it, these are not just going to be like, oh, switch your stance and you your your saber changes. He he describes it as five fully realized stances. I think the stances will have their own skill trees, same way Tsushima did. <clears throat> the gameplay is very unfascinating to me. Un unfascinating? That's such an, a unique word to use. Lore-wise, it makes sense. Jedi can switch stances mid-fight. We've seen Obi-Wan do it. Kylo Ren did it. Many Jedi knew multiple stances. I think that's a good point. I think it'll feel it'll feel faithful to some of those scenes and some of those fights. 1v1 fights and the rest of the lobby just watched. Oh, you love the PvP in the Jedi Knight series? Oh, the Jedi Knight game, I mean. Every fighting form has a different stance. Well, we spam chat with thumbs up, but people are uh, not not looking to chat. Apparently, come on, folks, wake the frick up, or we're I, I, I'm I'm bailing. To be fair, Cal was relearning basic Jedi skills, so wouldn't be surprised if they're at the start to build off. I kind of feel that way. He spent the lion's share of the game relearning things like wall running, and you know what I mean. And he could, I mean, he he beats Trilla, but I don't think you're supposed to feel like when he beats Trilla, he's like arrived. They almost immediately let you know you're nothing. You know what I mean? You 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 get to the end of Jedi Fallen Order, and it's like, nah, dude, you're you're nothing. You beat Trilla, sure, you got strong, you're back up on your game, but no, you got a long way to go. So I could see starting out Jedi Survivor and feeling like, no, man, you most of this stuff you've 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 got you have these base level powers and you're gonna be adding on to them. 
uh, the post trilophite that was something first time around I can't believe they almost copied that sequence frame for frame in, in Obi-Wan same base same holding the water back flood thing I couldn't believe it Harry it was it was mind boggling to me it was like somebody played the video game was like oh we can steal this we can copy their homework they wouldn't change stances like that more so uh, master each fighting form like how Obi-Wan was a master of form like four I don't think they should make him relearn his stuff again yeah I don't think I don't think they're gonna make him relearn his stuff I think you're gonna be getting things that are additive to base things that he learned just basic lightsaber combat and force powers force pull force push force freeze you know deflect like I, I think he'll have all those base abilities well it's the Inquisitor's base, so it makes sense. But the water thing, yeah. It was just identical. It's like, we're running. Uh, oops-a-daisy, we crack the glass. Oh, that's fine. We'll hold the water back. And then we'll use the water to escape. Okay. Change a couple of things, and it's exactly the same. Agreed. You played most of the game running and hiding at lower power than the things that were hunting you. Now it's time to become a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, no pun intended. Part of the joy of these titles are the Metroidvania part, and you can't have a fully powered up Cal because everywhere would be unlocked. Sinos, you're assuming they would build the environments in the same way. They're giving you new traversal options to chain together because the areas have larger expanses to get across, right? Look at this. So, as he jumps here, does this, does that, that's all new. That's new. Those are all new things for, for getting around. So I, I, I think, yeah, you could start out with the base stuff because the game is going to be completely different. You're not going to cross an area by pulling a bridge down or pulling a rope to you. I mean, you might, but then there'll be other areas you can't get. It's like, well, I'm going to need more than the ability to grab a rope to get over there. I'm going to need a new thing. I'm going to need a new piece of equipment. And same with the fighting. Oh, I'm going up against harder enemies. I'm going to need to upgrade my saber. I'm going to need a new stance. And then you invest in those stances, whether it's twin twin saber, which twin saber didn't didn't have a stance skill tree in the last game. I believe it will in this game. Dual saber, heavy saber. I I don't know. With with, with building whole new areas, they can set new obstacles that you can't get around until you get the new ability. The backhand saber stance always looks cool, but it seems impractical. Yeah, like he's just going to forget wall running. But don't you see, what they could do is they could still let you have wall running. And you'd run along a wall and be like, oh, I can't reach that. It's too far away. Well, you need to chain your wall running and a launcher thing. Well, you don't have the launcher yet. There's your Metroidvania. So they build and they're additive. Like they build off of your existing set of abilities and, 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 and things that you can do. And then as you build on that you would loop back to areas and say, hey, now I can wall run and shoot my rope thing up there and get across. I couldn't do that when I first booted up Jedi Survivor. As I watched uh, Obi-Wan with my kids, we were dumbfounded by the engineering that puts windows in the most structurally critical part of the base. So Empire, right? I've laid in a trap. (laughs) And they don't even think about it. (laughs) Entire tunnels and chasms encased in glass. (laughs) <laughs> the smallest mishap or blast or misfire <laughs> and the whole place will flood <laughs> how do we take down this base and flood it real simple do you have a blaster yeah sure here 
There you go. Oh, let's get out of here. <laughs> like, what? What they hopefully do is the powers you get in the first game you have in the second game, you just add new traversal options as a later thing. Harry says, It's okay in the first game because you're at the end, but to start the new game with trivial enemies filling the map to explore is risky. Yeah, I think it'll I think it'll scale up. Typically in games like this, especially if they're dialing in the Metroidvania, what they're going to do is, is they're going to introduce new challenges, and as you play, you get stuff to meet those challenges. You're like, well, that fight was kind of tough, or that new attack's kind of annoying, or I can't get to that area. And then as you get new abilities, you're like, oh, now I can fight this guy with a little bit more fluidity. Now I can get across that space in that area. Like, those are the things I think that you know, they're considering having the base skills, but you need to upgrade the skills, right? Like wall running. What if you have wall running, but when they set up wall running instances, you need to run like twice as far. So they set up longer running walls. And so you try it with your base level wall running and you're like, I can't make it. Okay. Well, you got to upgrade that. Maybe there's some basic areas where wall running is totally fine and usable, so you still feel like Cal from the last game, but they're very clearly going to set up areas where they're like, nope, you got to level that up, or you need to get that rope launcher. You need to get that, that that new ability, that new grappling, or whatever they're calling it. Do you feel this is one of those games that's wasted being one and done, or could the third game have live service model? I will be 100% honest with you. As much as I'm in favor of live service, I don't think you need to bring it to this game. You guys know I'm like the live service evangelist. I think you take Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, do a third game, conclude the story, likely ending in Cal's death, um, and conclude it and end it. Now, if you want to build a live service Star Wars game and you want to take the base movement and combat from this game, and give you a game where you can play and become a Jedi and get better and do a lot of the move sets and animation sets and you know use use a lot of the engine and combat things they learn from these games. Yeah, man, go ahead. But I don't think this game ever needs any element of live service. Games like these aren't one and done wasted. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're one and done wasted. I think they do such a great job of telling a story. And then, you know, they added New Game Plus to Jedi Fallen Order. I intended to go back and enjoy New Game Plus. I just never did it. It's like saying Souls is one and done. Yeah, you just replay this game on the harder difficulty, and that's its own version of New Game Plus. Adding the live service evangelist to the list of Lono's titles. That's right. I hope this game ends the story. Waited four years for the sequel. Yeah, but that's a perfectly fine amount of time to wait, Wheezy. Four years is actually a small window. Another four to five years for the last game. I hope it's two. Look at some of the biggest and most well-known trilogies of video games. I mean, four four years waiting is small. What's ha- what do you mean? Laughs in Half-Life 3, that's right. Four, waiting four years for a sequel is a small window in the realm of game development. For a sequel, four to five is long. I don't think so. Given that they went next gen only, I don't know. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Weigh in on this chat. This is basically Jedi Fallen Order 2. I think waiting four years is a perfectly acceptable amount of time, especially since they're leaving behind old gen. That doesn't bother me at all. God of War was four years. Well, but they ended it. That's kind of what they're driving at, right? 
That's kind of what they're driving at. Cut out the sicky years. So you think this was going to be closer to like three years, two and a half to three years, if the sicky wouldn't have happened? Well, if that's the case, then apply that logic. Apply that logic, then. If that's the case, the third game could come out in three years. They've built the groundwork to make it next-gen only, so they could just build on that engine. Build, 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 you know, four or five more planets, bunch of enemies, you know, do a third game. I, I would think, I would think, given what you're saying, they could get the third game out in three years. 100%. Four years is acceptable after the sickie. May I present Crunch? Yeah, I did a Crunch short this morning. I'm just starting, I'm just starting to delete shorts after they don't perform. It's almost like, frick you, YouTube. It's like, if you ain't gonna give my short any treatment, I'm deleting it. So use it or don't. You don't, you don't get to keep it. You don't get to keep my videos sitting there with, I had one yesterday, just went nowhere. It was like, what was it? Stop saying graphics don't matter. I was like, okay, it was a good short. It was good. Sequels used to make like, uh, used to take like two to three years. Now they're more like four to five. If you think four years for a sequel, then no game should ever have a sequel. That's what I'm saying. Given what we know about development cycles, if you're saying that like, oh, I don't want to wait four years, I don't understand. Evidence would imply it was not a good short, right? It wasn't a good short. That's right. Need to remember, Respawn is working on a lot of games. Apex, Survivor, Star Wars FPS, Apex Story Game, and X Game. Not what I said. I don't want to wait 10 years to see the end of a story for a game anymore. That's fine if that's your preference, but I'm okay with that if I get really good quality. Right? If I get really good quality, I don't give a rip. If I have to wait another four years for the next Horizon Forbidden West game, or, or, or the next game, the next Horizon game with Aloy, I don't care. I don't care. As long as it's good. How long do we wait between Zero Dawn and Forbidden West? Four? Because that was Zero Dawn. Uh, Forbidden West was this year, right? Horizon Zero Dawn release was 2017. We waited five years for Forbidden West. If I gotta wait four years for the third Horizon game with Aloy, I'm fine with that. If you guys are just tuning in, we're talking about Jedi Survivor gameplay details. A lot of new information out coming out about the combat. The reason my thumbnail is mentioning Tsushima, as in Ghost of Tsushima, is there are five fully realized stances in the game. They detail three of them in the article and the interview. I think all five are contained in the trailer. Uh, the three that are detailed is the dual lightsaber so a saber in each hand there is saber with a blaster so you're not just going to use the blaster for fun you're going to actually have a stance where you use the saber and the blaster and then the heavy cross guard lightsaber i also think in the trailer we see the twin saber which is what darth maul uses like a twin blade and then i also think there's a fifth stance in the trailer whenever he's holding the lightsaber upside down sort of like pointed down or pointed back i think all five stances are actually in the trailer uh and you will be able to switch between them interchangeably that's my theory they did say that switching between them or choosing which one to use will be dependent upon the enemies you're fighting uh, you're fighting it's advantageous to use certain types of stances against certain enemies and it's up to the player to figure that out so they're not going to tell you and right here you can see in the middle of a fight he switches to a dual uh, he switches to a dual saber stance. So I believe it will be seamless and on the fly. Your reasoning is the same reason why God of War Ragnarok is the end of Norse mythology and not the midpoint. 
yeah, Wheezy's saying that that's what they should do with this game. He's saying, end the story. Just do two and get out. Don't make me wait another four or five years to find out what happens. Now, Wheezy, let me push back and say that I don't think it'll take that long, and I think we have good evidence to think that. If the Sicky wouldn't have happened, the Jedi Fallen Order sequel, Jedi Fallen Order 2, it would have launched a year and a half ago, probably. Which to me says you would have waited two th- under three years for the sequel, and we might end up waiting under three years for this game's third installment. Horizon Forbidden West was supposed to be launch window, so late 2020. Early 2021 was basically delayed twice, and those delays corresponded with lockdowns. Look at Spider-Man. Right. I don't... I, that's why I'm not agreeing with Wii's. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just because that happened and we waited a little bit longer for these sequels doesn't mean I don't want a third game. I want a third game with Aloy. I want another Jedi game. For sure. I don't want to cut the cut the story short because, oh, we had to wait too long for this one. I don't think that's a good... I don't think that's a good standard. I think in some cases it makes sense. They want to build a AAA FPS in the Star Wars galaxy. Makes me wonder. About what, Paul? games being developed from the ground up leveraging next gen power of unreal 5 so their star wars triple a first person shooter is going to be in unreal 5 it wasn't an attack i was pointing out that your opinion is why Corey and eric williams decided to go with two games and not three um i've seen enough to know i feel safe buying this game when it comes out and not having to wait <coughs> Battlefield 3 is in UE5. This is a new AAA FPS, so it's not it's not Battlefront. No, or whatever they call it. Yeah, it's not Battlefront, Butters, because they're saying they're building a new AAA FPS in the Star Wars galaxy, so it would be something new, not a continuation of that, of that uh, franchise. I don't remember Horizon Forbidden West saying they were going to release in 2020. I think it's pretty much common knowledge that um, that Horizon Forbidden West was intended to be a launch title. Battlefront 3 would be a new AAA FPS. No, it would not. No, you wouldn't say that. I don't, no, I don't agree with that, Sven. I don't think you would say, we're going to build a new AAA FPS in the Star Wars galaxy and make it Battlefront. That wouldn't be a new AAA FPS. That would be another of, a, of an existing title. It's an existing IP, but it's a new game. The game is being developed from the ground up, leveraging next-gen power of Unreal 5, and the team is looking to add more passionate, skilled people to their swiftly growing ranks. I just don't think so. Why would you even hand it to them? You would just have the same team. Didn't Battlefront 2 really turn things around? Why would you hand it to another team? That doesn't make any sense. I don't think you're arguing from it. I just think you're saying it could be. There's there's wiggle room there. I just don't agree. I don't agree. That would be so odd. You're probably right. I'm just hoping it's Battlefront. But I'm not saying they won't do another Battlefront, Sven. I think you would just have the exact same team that worked on the last one do another one. Another team might not need to waste three years turning it around. The Titanfall devs on Battlefront would be a killer game. I I don't disagree with you. Here's another reason that it can't be Battlefront. Is Battlefront first person or third person? 
I thought Battlefront was third person. Oh, it's both? Then it's not Battlefront. No one would describe Battlefront as an FPS. I don't think anybody would describe Battlefront as an FPS, because it's not. It's sort of a hybrid, and it's mostly third person, is it not? Battlefront 2 is described as an action shooter video game. It's an action shooter. I Yeah, I don't think it's Battlefront. It'd be really, really weird to refer to Battlefront as an FPS. It's both. The option is uh, default is FPS, but you can have the option to have third. The default's not FPS. The default's third person. I mean, Steam doesn't count, Sven, because they, that's just that, that, that's just tags that they put on their game. Default is FPS. What are you talking about? Anytime I booted that game up, it was in third person. I could see my character. I never went in and did that. It just did it. Whenever I played that game, I just automatically was in third person. I don't remember changing that in the settings. It's been third person for me. I'm not saying it's not both. I'm just saying whenever I booted up Battlefront and Battlefront 2, I could see my character. I didn't go in and change anything. It's FPS on the new one? It's not. It took me two weeks to realize I could play first person, says Vengeance. The default is FPS for the low tier characters you normally play as. The Jedi and the hero characters were third person. And the abilities on normal characters. The default is not FPS, says Wheezy. It's literally a button press. Yeah, in any case, in any case, however they have it set up, I don't think you would say battlefronts and fps they describe it as an action shooter if you look at the official wiki definition and how they describe it on their own website it's an action shooter so it'd be weird to suddenly describe it as an fps because it's not an fps it's kind of both games that have both aren't described as fps's there are there are games right now you can play and you can toggle between third and first and no one would describe them as first uh, as as fps games you would describe them as shooters Right, so yes, you can have FPS in Steam because it is it it, it it fits that characteristic, right? It's like it's like a single player game can have single player and co op in Steam, but you wouldn't describe it as a co op game. You'd say it's a single player game, right? Like uh, Far Cry Six, you would describe Far Cry Six as a single player game, and yet it's also got co op listed in Steam if it's in Steam. You see what I'm saying? So, so just because Battlefront has FPS elements, no one would describe it as a as an FPS. That's kind of the purpose of the FPS distinction. Yeah, when you call a game FPS, it's literally always FPS for the most part, right? Like you're just always in first person mode. When you're in the first person, it's basically Battlefield with a Star Wars skin, so the normal person wouldn't hard argue this. Is Battlefront a musical instrument? <laughs> it's sounding like a story game, says Paul. No shot respawn does two BRs and does a Star Wars BR, right? Well Paul's saying from the description it sounds like a story game. 
So yeah, so I, I would I would say that respawn game is likely going to be its own new entity. It's it's going to be a whole new thing, whole new whole new franchise title IP. I, I would I would imagine. Um, hang on, I got an email here. Okay, no, I was thinking there might be a, a coffee order. Who did this over here? It was Nave, our man Nave and Silver Subaru, Silver Surfer. Got to start a day with six. It's looking sad over here, chat. Help him out. Help those homies out. If COD isn't exclusivity, isn't exclusively first person, then it's an action shooter. Well, Call of Duty is an FPS, and then it has third person modes. Do you see the difference? Like, we're, we're obviously getting a little bit down here in the weeds, but like, Call of Duty is a first person shooter. And then there's third-person modes. It would be like, you would call Fortnite a third-person game, a third-person shooter, and if they introduce a first-person mode, which is rumored to be coming, you wouldn't say suddenly that Fortnite's an action shooter. You'd be like, no, it's a third-person shooter. It's third-person. If suddenly The Division did that, they added a first-person mode you would still say that Division is a third-person game, and you wouldn't say, oh, it's, it's an action shooter now. You know, see, you get the point that I'm making? Just because COD has third-person mode doesn't mean it's not still an FPS. Big brain, if they bring Commandos back, I'd sell a kidney for that. You know, I was thinking about that, Butters. In the, in the, in the vein of Star Wars video games, they're not saying brand's new IP. So they could say... Hey, we're bringing this back. Like we're gonna do a new Commandos or something. Define mode. I, you need me to define mode for you? It's a mode. It's it's a it's a mode with rule sets and things that you do. What am I? Why I'm not even. Why am I saying this? This feels unnecessary. Ooh, ooh, it's in there. Oh, the chat brought up. Um, I think it was Frostbite. Oh, what game was in Frostbite? What are you talking about? Gran Turismo is an FPS. Come at me, bro. Republic Commandos with the Bad Batch guys would be awesome, says Preacher. I'd say the design intent matters. When building the game, where the creative decisions made around the majority playing third person or first? Yeah, yeah. Because it's going to affect everything. It's going to affect level design, combat, enemies, the way enemies attack you. You know what I mean? Most games are a mix between genres. It gets confusing if you try to define a game with a single element. I... No, 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 no. No, now you're moving goalposts to another discussion. In the realm of classifying or describing a game as an FPS, okay, there's no blend of genres in lots of games. There aren't. If, if they describe their game as an FPS, Titanfall 2, well, but you can get in the Titan or ride a Titan, so sometimes it's not first person, it's a blend of genres. No, it's an FPS. You're, you're, you're primarily playing from a first person perspective and shooting stuff. Like that's I don't think that that's common of of a blending of genres. Like right now, when someone describes their game as an FPS, I'm not like, oh, I'm sure there's going to be a blend of third person genre in there or action adventure combat. No, it's going to be a first person shooter. 
Borderlands describes itself as a first-person shooter. Oh, but you use abilities, and sometimes you're in the third-person perspective. Yeah, but it's still a first-person shooter, and it's hard. What else is there to talk about aside them changing engines? What game? What are you talking about that changed engines, Eugene? I'm not sure what you guys are talking about. I will take it. I got this for you. Right sentence is better. <laughs> it's a mech game in mech 120th of the time. Yeah, that's right. Titanfall 2 is a mech game. I'm getting lost in crosstalk. I'm not sure what you guys are talking about. I think it's already started on other projects, actually. Wait, are we just going to overlook the fact that EA is dropping Frostbite for UE5? Oh, oh, oh. We're going to overlook the fact that they're dropping Frostbite for UE5. I mean... I'm not going to say that it's a big... It's not a big deal, but I'm also... There's a couple of ways to look at it, right? There's a couple of ways to look at it. Like... Frostbite's caused a lot of problems with projects, and so I don't think it's that surprising. Like, oh my gosh, they're going to Unreal Five, you know, especially for shooters. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't actually, I actually don't think that that's that surprising. Frostbite has has come under, you know, scrutiny and criticism recently. Primarily, I think the catalyst for that was Anthem. You know, why? Why are you going to keep using that engine, man? Mass Effect Four is going to UE Five. Huh. Mass Effect's doing it and some respawn games. Battlefield isn't. Yeah, so Wheezy's saying that's wrong. They're not ditching Frostbite entirely. Yeah, so not every single game is ditching Frostbite, but there are... Wheezy, it sounds to me like... It, it is it a majority, though? How many games can you list that aren't, and how many games are? Frostbite Engine getting some much-needed upgrades... Battlefield Dev says. Like, can how many games can we confirm are staying and how many games can we confirm are leaving it? Would be, I guess, the question. EI, e, EI, EA used Frostbite Engine for everything for nearly a decade. It's a big deal they're going away from it. I don't disagree with that. Can't wait until we have shader compilation issues in a massive PvP battle. I can't wait to play on console and not worry about any of that. <laughs> Frick your PC woes. PC Master Race. PC Master Race. Get effed. Seriously. <laughs> get effed. Yeah, that is going to be funny. That's totally going to get funny. That, that's going to be funny to me is if the industry heavily throws itself behind UE5 and PC continues to have difficulties with it, and suddenly, like, consoles become, like, the preferred place for people to play. Like, ah, I just... All these Unreal games, man, I don't know. They just tend to run better on console, bro. My PS5 Pro, I just... I just prefer it. <laughs> Lono, I don't appreciate your tone. Yeah, well, I don't appreciate you, though. <laughs> UE can't fix an issue they've had for 20 years. 
Yeah, I wonder what the issue is, Weez. Like, why haven't they been able to fix it? If you guys are just tuning in, we've been discussing Jedi Survivor gameplay details that came out. We got Jedi Survivor new gameplay info, an interview with Game Informer, where they broke down significant things. And the reason I'm referencing Ghost of Tsushima in my thumbnail is because there are five fully realized stances in the game and you choose those stances depending on who you're fighting and they come with advantages now they're not going to tell you what different you know enemies are you should use them for like in Ghost of Tsushima they just flat out told you what each stance was for and then each stance had its own skill tree I think we will likely see the same thing in Jedi Fallen Order we've got three of the stances detailed I think all five are actually contained in the trailer they don't tell us about Twin Blade, which is basically the Darth Maul, and they also don't tell us about the one where he's holding the lightsaber upside down, but it is showcased at least twice in the trailer. So, can we get a rip in chat for Abe? Unreal's overrated. I don't feel like debating engines. I feel like Unreal 5 is undeniable at this point. Unreal's standing around like Thanos, like... I'm inevitable. <laughs> like, just deal with it. It's coming. Lots of people are going to use it, and I think it's going to benefit the industry. I think the cross, inter- I think the cross informational benefit, the hiring benefit. Um, you know, somebody works at some company on some big battle royale with Unreal Five, and then comes to work on your action adventure game in Unreal Five. Guess what? They, they they can bring a lot to the table. Oh yeah, with with uh, we figured that out with really large, big open areas and draw distances. Yeah yeah yeah, we did this in our battle royale. It'll really benefit your open world RPG action adventure game. Like the shared knowledge of the industry over the next twenty years, I think Unreal is going to help a lot with that. Yeah, you can you can get all quibbly and angry or nitpicky about issues on PC. I don't give a frick about that. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the industry and saying quit doing all this we got our engine you got your engine we're using this engine that engine and the other engine and then anybody that leaves one company and gets hired by another you got a whole onboarding process and training no uh uh-uh. I, I i think we're gonna we're gonna see the benefits of this in 20 years and say oh my gosh you know uh, bandwidth efficiency development efficiency hiring efficiency is going to go up for the industry and I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing companies switch. It's not the only reason. But I think companies are switching. I think they're saying that. You know, Decima says, hold my beer. Yeah, well, I, I'm not saying that Decima is not an amazing engine. It is. <clears throat> but if you can't get a bunch of companies to switch to Decima, then it puts Unreal into a stronger position and a stronger foothold globally and industry-wide. Don't you think those optimization issues will eventually plague us on consoles as well? I I don't I don't know. I don't think so. No. I mean, why would they all be switching? Why would they all be switching if that was the case? You think somewhere along the line somebody'd say, "Hey, do you guys really want to do that? Don't they have that shader compiling issue? Do we really want to mess around with that?" RE engines, RE, RE engines also pretty good. Yeah, there's no debate about are there other good engines, whether it's Decima or the RE engine. Um, 
there's also insomniacs got their own in-house engine that does incredible things there are amazing engines out there that's not in dispute but imagine looking at the trajectory of the industry and saying all these people are going to unreal 5 if we go to unreal 5 think of the hiring pool and how much bigger it will get if we do this yeah, we need new people to come work on our project. What are you doing? Oh, Unreal 5. Oh, yes, CD Projekt Red's doing that with all their future product. Coalition's doing it. Hellblade 2. Like, there's all these big-name titles switching. So what that'll do is that'll ripple down to, like, B-size, C-size developers as well. They'll say, oh, we will have an easier time hiring people. It's why they're all announcing it. Like, they're not just internally saying, let's switch. They're announcing it. They're like, we are switching to Unreal 5. The, the, that's one of the reasons they're doing it. They're going to have an easier time hiring talent. And that I think that will pay out dividends 10 years from now. You'll have some guy that worked on Hellblade 2 get hired somewhere else. And what he learned and what he knows and what he did will benefit that studio. You'll have a guy... Or, 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 or a gal who worked on the new Witcher in Unreal 5 get hired by some other studio it's like yeah we, we, we learned a lot about combat animations and third person perspectives with you know seamless you know, foliage and environments and lighting we learned a lot so that, that shared knowledge is going to be massive I think when someone comes from Frostbite and comes and works on Decima, you don't the, the amount of knowledge they bring to the table is limited by how much those engines have in common as far as like workflow and, you know, how they compile things. So, sure, you still bring knowledge to the table when you come from another engine, but it just isn't the same. I mean, look at all the criticism we give Microsoft, and we've had guys in here that work in the industry that have talked about how when you have people you know, leaving the company every 18 months with that contractual thing that uh, that Microsoft does, you have all that knowledge lost. The one guy was saying, like, he's like, we would lose our, this art, uh, this art department. We lost them every 18 months. It was terrible. Foliage. Hey, fo- fo- foliage. There you go. Foliage. Most people say foliage. Just like people don't say caramel. They say caramel. Keep asking the man to just say greenery, but he refuses. Listen, if I want to say foliage instead of foliage, that's okay. Just like people say caramel instead of caramel. They just get rid of a letter. You know, they just get rid of that second A. I'm like, oh, let's just get rid of it. Nobody says foliage? Plenty of people say foliage. Get the frick out of here. I'm not in my own camp. Keep the foliage in my kitchen. Yeah, aluminum, aluminium. Foliage is just a misspelling, not a different pronunciation. Plenty of people say foliage. They say, I'm not saying that that's the right way to say it. I'm saying people say that. Foliage. A lot of people just say foliage. They just kind of run it together. It just kind of ma- they just kind of take the word and they mash it down. They're removing syllables syllables your mispronunciation is triggering me I'm gonna keep doing it 
I've discussed ambient plant life with many people, and I've never heard foliage before. <laughs> uh, I bet you, I bet you it's a Google search. Foliage versus foliage. The pronunciation is disapproved because it suggests the transposition of the I in the spelling, the I and the L in the spelling. It's not as common and may be associated with non-standard spelling foliage. So it looks like there are people that have spelled it that way. It's a non-standard spelling. Is it foliage, but foliage as others suggest, a common mispronunciation. Yeah, it's a common mispronunciation. I'm not saying I'm pronouncing it correctly. I'm just saying that I'm not some weirdo. There's, there was literally an upstate New York Reddit asking people how they pronounce it. My mom struggled with uh, aluminum, so she would say aluminum, and it helped her be able to say aluminum. Oh, oh, she said alum, aluminium. Oh, 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 she said aluminium and it helped her say aluminum. You just claimed it was an acceptable alternate pronunciation? Yeah. I, d- I still think it's an acceptable alternate pronunciation because you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying. Like when someone says caramel, you're not like, I don't know what you mean. Are you talking about caramel? You just remove a letter. Yeah, caramel. Like, you're not, you, 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 you don't get all persnickety, at, you know, at the dessert shop, which I'm sure you frequent, Zubair. You don't get all persnickety. <laughs> you don't get all persnickety with the person scooping out your ice cream. You know, it's spelled Caramel. If someone says that's a mute point, I know what they mean, but it's completely wrong. Yeah, mute point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be excited when devs start utilizing UE5's art tools more, but when they start using the tools to build open world games, I get concerned. <clears throat> it wasn't until someone brought up foliage that I realized it was wrong. Some shots getting fired this morning. That's right. The kidney shot from downtown. Didn't see that coming. Case closed. It's the redneck way of saying foliage. (laughs) But I'm not even that. My dad can't say electricity. He says electric city. (laughs) Man, call the electrician. Our electric city is all messing up here. Get Get him in here. And when he brings his vehicle... Make sure he don't par on the street. Get him in the, get him in the driveway. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go practice my guitar. Tell me when it gets here. Are you still doing a preview of the schedule prior to the night? I haven't been seeing the story or the videos. I'm going to start doing a story. We did a story on Friday, and it got like over 2,000 views. So we'll start doing that. The, the members-only videos weren't getting great uh, engagement when I was like, hey guys, this is what we're doing tomorrow. They weren't getting great engagement, and I don't want to spam my members with a member's post and a member video every night to basically be like, here's what we're talking about tomorrow. 
because 150 of you roughly were watching them okay well there's 1400 other people that are going to be like maybe saying I don't like that constantly pinging me or in my feed I don't want to turn members off if that makes sense so like a daily members lunch break with me is fine a nightly video hitting your feed that's basically like two minutes long saying hey here's what we're talking about tomorrow I just I don't know about that um, I'm showing up either way. It's not like we're coordinating our outfits. Right, but I'm thinking of the new people. Like, right here, we got six new members today. I'm thinking of those people. Six new people being like, why the frick is this channel pinging me every night? Does that make sense? I, I, want, I want new members to feel like it's a great place and they get a lot of value. I don't want membership to feel like a nuisance. If that Does that make sense? Which, by the way, if you guys have never been here before, if we hit 25 members... I gift five. We are on a two and a half week streak with this. We've hit it every day. So if you feel like helping us hit this, you can gift one, five, or 10 or 25 members, however much uh, you feel like. Uh, If you cannot gift a member or become a member on your own, just watch as often as you can. The more you're here, the more likely you will get a gifted member. Smashing the like button is free. Subscribing is also free. Those are things that help my channel in this video out. So feel free to do those things as well. Um, Why the concern for UE5 and open world games? Game engines can be used to make any type of game. What is needed is additional tools to streamline the data through the engine. Yeah, I mean, when I look at Fortnite and the map and all the things they've done with the map and the big live events that they've done, I, I happen to think maybe they figured all that out and were able to do all that because Unreal? <laughs> I... I don't know. When when I look at when I look at Fortnite and the stuff that they've done with big huge crazy live events and that map and tons of people running around and then someone's like, "Yeah, I don't know about Unreal for open world games." I'm like, "I don't know, man. Fortnite just entered the chat." Digital Foundry has a running joke on UE for a reason. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's without its flaws, but I'm also saying it, it it seems like a really, really good engine for for lots of things. Like we've had this discussion before, and I feel like I feel like some of you are pushing back against something that no one's saying. Like, UE five is not the savior of games. No, but it's wowing people, and apparently it's good enough to get lots of companies to switch to it. So something's going on. Your opinion on the matter it has no bearing on what the industry is doing, right? I, it, pe- really, really educated people are deciding that this thing is where they're headed. I mean, we, we watch Digital Foundry and read Reddit all day long. These companies are deciding that this is where they want to go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I feel like sometimes we get shaded in what we think. We're like, well, I read this. Digital Foundry said this. They have this ongoing compiling problem. Oh, okay. How many engines have ongoing problems? And as, you know, Frostbite's described as having razor blades. You you think every engine is without those challenges? You know what I'm saying? My man, Chase Irons. What a name. Dropping a 10 gifted bomb on the chat taking us to 16 for the day uh evil 
and evil angel i think is what that's supposed to be evil angel one pint johnny jagged wizard the walk karen emmanuel adam bowser icebreaker my man icebreaker what up cheeks ice cool blood dill dog and arkham says merry christmas bro thank you very much chase and merry christmas to everybody who got a gifted member you can be a part of the members only lunch break that we take as well as our members only discord and friday nights when i hang out with my wife have some drinks and play some games it's a blast it's cheaper than building your own most of the time right engines are way too complex now that's part of the point i would hope ue never takes over right i like i i'm not saying i hope it takes over i'm saying clearly there's a reason that it's getting the foothold that it is never said every engine's without faults just the faults i know make games at times literally unplayable on ue4 now to be fair to epic they said their biggest goal is to fix the shader compile in ue5 right and if they can do that wheeze let's imagine they fix it in ue5 so then what what's our what's our issue with unreal at that point digital foundry issue with the ue is the shader compilation that issue is not the engine's fault it's the fact that all pc games have to compile shaders problem is that ue5 uses a lot of shaders to get those high-end graphics right now they have it yeah i'm not saying they have but if they're committed to fixing it let's imagine that they do you're imagining they never fix it like a lot of the a lot of the commentary I've gotten from Wheezy and others uh, sort of against UE5 there's a presumption baked in that yeah they're never going to fix this well if they've committed to fix it I would hope they actually do that's a big what if it's also a big what if to say what if they never fix it They're, they're equal they're equal what ifs are they not we're gonna fix that yeah uh, what if they don't what if they do they're both what ifs neither is more intellectually strong they're both presuming a future that it either gets fixed or doesn't it's kind of 50 50 we're also assuming that new tech advancements will never be made it's the engine's fault epic wouldn't be trying to fix it if it wasn't engine level it's been a 20 year issue yeah, I definitely think it's 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 the engine's issue. You know what I'm saying? Think runs great on PC and it's UE. It's not every game. Well, no, no, of course it's not every game, Paul. But it's a challenge that comes baked into the engine. Is the point that they're making? Let's say you're in charge of making a game and you get your people set up on UE5, and you're like, "Yep, we're building our game in UE5." That's something they have to work around and deal with. So yeah, synced runs fine, but that's more than likely something they've had to deal with in development. It's been the most ubiquitous engine forever, and they haven't fixed it. What if my aunt... I don't know what you're saying, Brian. Are you doing that thing where you're just saying outlandish, immature things, hoping I react? Like, if you're that hungry for attention, call your dad. Is Jedi Survivor on Unreal Engine 5? Jedi Survivor is my second most anticipated game of 2023. No, Jedi Survivor, I believe, is UE4, is it not? I'm forced to ask those who have a qualified opinion, why are so many devs using and switching to it? 
That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. Like, dadgum emotes. There you go. <laughs> Barrier says, oh man, quick with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired of people like that. Knock it off. Engage in chat or don't. Like, we're having a conversation. Zubair. Oh, Eugene's answering Zubair. Big reason. It's cheap and easy to use. Cheap and easy to use is kind of important, isn't it? Yeah. And the other thing I've been saying, Zubair, think about the industry dividends that we get from this. The more companies that do this, the more people that work in UE5, the more you benefit when someone leaves a project or a company and gets hired somewhere else, you get all that knowledge and experience. You get all that knowledge and experience. It's like a it's like a guy that has tons of experience building PC rigs, right? Let's say in the last five years, he's gotten really good at it, really educated, and he's excellent in that environment, right? And then you hire him at your company to help put together rigs. You get all of his knowledge and experience. It's not like he goes from building PC rigs to suddenly building, you know, I don't know, um, furniture. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm in. I'm a big supporter of this. Thank you so much for the dollar tip, Tom Kit. Yo, good morning, Alex. Jack of all trades, master of none. I don't know if that applies necessarily to engines because it's more about the developers who leverage the tool. Look at Hellblade Two as an example. Are we going to say that Hellblade 2, on the surface, looks like a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none? Does Fortnite look that way? I don't think so. I 100% do not want all games to be UE5. I don't want all games to UE5, but if some of your major developers switch to it, I think that's a big benefit. If you get like CD Projekt Red to switch to it, you get EA switching a lot of their devs to it. I don't know, man. I think that really benefits the industry a lot. One of the things we've consistently talked about in the gaming world is development efficiency. We just debated crunch yesterday. Imagine if there was like an industry industry-wide efficiency benefit from this, both in the hiring and the onboarding of employees and shipping things to market. Oh no, everyone's using the same engine. It's going to dilute. How? How's it going to dilute everything? Hellblade 2 and Fortnite are in the same dadgum engine. Hellblade 2 and Fortnite are right now in the same engine and look at what they look how different they are. Callisto Protocol got bad reviews because of shader compilation stutters. But also got bad reviews cuz it's not a particularly strong game. Get rid of the stutters, and that game still has d- d- design and philosophical game dev decisions that I question. Is that worth it, though? The devs have an easier time making the game, but the player experience suffers because the engine has issues. How do you know the? How do you know we're gonna? Our, our experience is gonna suffer. You're presuming that what Hellblade's gonna run like trash? Does Fortnite run like trash? What about Gears? What about the next Witcher? You're assuming I'm gonna have a terrible experience. Why? Why are you assuming that? Look at all the games that have come out recently with performance issues that are not in Unreal. L- look at Anthem. 
look at look at uh, uh, Gotham. Uh, look at uh, Plague Tale. Are, are are we gonna look at all these games and be like, well, that's fu- that's fine. You know what I'm saying? It's not isolated UE5. Like problems in games are most often related to shipping a game before it's ready. What if we attacked it from the other end? Gotham's Unreal? Right, and Gotham's problems isn't because of the Unreal Engine. That The, the reason I mentioned that Gotham is because they made decisions that had nothing to do with the engine. Look at the look at the design decisions they did with Gotham and try and fault Unreal. That's not why that game runs poorly. Same thing with Plague Tale. That that's not why those games run poorly. Look at Anthem. Anthem came to market and wasn't ready. Why? Engine, bad pre-production, bad po- bad uh, bad production pre and and production. So. It's not like, oh, the minute you go into Unreal, it's going to be problems. It's like, no, typically games have problems because the developers make really dumb decisions or the game comes out and it isn't ready. <clears throat> and what if you started to have more efficient development timelines and you're folding in people into your company more efficiently because you've got more people to choose from. You've got a deeper talent pool and a rising tide lifts all boats. Five or ten years from now, you have more people that have gotten really good at building in this engine out there in the hiring pool. Yeah, Anthem was Frostbite. I was mentioning Anthem and Gotham and Plague Tale for different reasons. They're all games that had problems related to developmental decisions, and with Anthem, it was the engine they chose to go with. With Gotham and Plague Tale, it was a bunch of stupid lighting decisions that they made. It had nothing to do with the Unreal Engine. I, I can play games right now on Unreal from indie studios that run better than Plague Tale, Requiem, and Gotham. Gotham's problem was trying to do four-player untethered co-op? No. No. They made... I, I There's going to be a tell-all one day. They made foundational decisions with lighting that they baked into that game that were absolutely destructive to that game's quality. I don't know what they did, but you can go back and watch my coverage of it. We did all those side-by-side comparisons. They were making lighting changes and detail changes, and it murdered that game's ability to run well. They murdered their own optimization. They want to blame it on untethered co-op. You might have been memeing and being goofy and sarcastic. They want to blame it on untethered co-op. That's a freaking joke. That's not why that game runs the way that it runs. Four-player untethered co-op would dictate all the graphical and detail changes, would it not? No, because it's not a global change. A global change would be how lighting interacts with every surface. Untethered co-op's not a global change because not everybody's even going to play it. You see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make any sense. If they want to blame it on that, that's that's ludicrous. Plenty of games allow that level of co-op, and it doesn't do that to the game's performance. Yo, it's good, Sorcerer. Gotham Knights was so bad because they started as a live service game, stripped everything out at the last minute, leaving the shell of the game that it was. And maybe they just tried to make it up with graphics. I don't know. 
The game's engine's only as good as the programmers using it. My worry would be Epic being able to change the fees for using the engine and the devs would have no choice. I mean, listen, the the fear-mongering angle of like, well, if if Epic gets a bunch of people to use the Unreal Engine, they're going to up the fees. Why would they do that? It would be destructive to their own bottom line. Do you know what I'm saying? It would be super destructive to their bottom line to be like, hey, we got a bunch of developers, mid-level, big-level, you know, indie-level, five-person studios, a bunch of people have switched to Unreal. We're going to increase the fees that we charge people. You know what would happen? They would make a bunch of people stop using their engine because they would be like, we can't afford that. They would immediately lose money. Oh, they'd make it up with the bigger AAA studios. Maybe. I don't I don't find I don't find that 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 fearmongering compelling because it would be destructive to their bottom line. They would have a they would have an economic reason to not do that. You've got way too many people that you folded under this engine engine umbrella. Why would you disrupt that revenue stream to to make more money? You might not make more money. You drive a bunch of people off. Once they feel saturated, they'll increase the subscription price. But it's not a subscription price. It's a royalty after you get a million. That's the number, right? One million? After you make a million in sales, it's a, it's a, it's a royalty. So if some little indie dev, you know, hits 750000 they don't, they don't they don't pay Epic a dime. I've not had any complaints about buffering today, Murph. Viewership's been pretty stable. We've had like 20 jumps and drops, 20 jumps and drops. So there could be a region that's having issues or something. You know what I'm saying? Um... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I we have an upload today about the dual sense, uh, the dual sense controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what my POV is. Shorter battery life. Stick drift. Um. Um. My. PS5 DualSense Edge controller reaction to the news about the DualSense. Is it two words or one? The DualSense. It's it's one word. About the DualSense Edge battery life. My PS5 DualSense Edge controller reaction to the news about the DualSense Edge battery life. Uh, is a bit mixed. Also, there will likely still be the chance of a dual sense edge stick drift situation, but they have offered a unique solution. Is it good or bad? Let's break it down. Uh, there you go. 
Yeah, we have an upload today about the DualSense Edge controller, battery life, um, uh, battery life, and uh, they have a solution to stick drift. It's interesting. So that upload will be later today. Mm. I pre-ordered the controller a while ago. It'd be cool when it finally comes out. Yeah, January. Uh, reviews and previews are coming out and so I did a reaction to the fact that the battery life uh, is a little bit shorter than the standard dual sense so we have been well off topic for a while and we are nine members away from the goal so if you guys want to get us to the goal and bring some folks with us I'm going to get the member stream set up uh, this was a good stream but I no longer stretch streams beyond where they should go. Um, once we've kind of done our job and covered it and 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 pulled what I feel like is is a good good response, um, we uh, we move on. And so make sure if you're new, if you're new, make sure this afternoon you're back for our second stream because I've got a really really cool game that I want to tell you about. Uh, it is a roguelike shooter for people who don't like roguelikes inspired by Returnal, Hades, and Destiny. So make sure you're here for that. Let me get this uh, let me get this members segment set up. Okay. Crimson Desert. Nope. Looking forward to this game. See you tomorrow. All right. See you, Alan. Man, Alan is here so much. Can we get some gifted members, man? I, I let's call our shots here. I guarantee you, we can bring we can bring some of these gray names with us to the next segment. Let them hang out with us. I guarantee you, we can. Let's call our shots here, man. People that have stuck with us for two hours. Let's get them. Alan's here all the time. Uh, let me add the redirect to the back end here. The Abyss? Nope. You guys are guessing wrong. Guessed wrong. I switched glasses while your back was turned. <laughs> um, nope. Let's do that. That. Hey, five gifted members from Cardock Rank. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. I want to see Alan's name. Guys here all of the time. Graydon's going to do some as well. Cardock and Graydon. That is going to push us to 26. That means I have to give five. Alan, I hope you're still here. I, I, I feel like he's going to get one. I feel like he's going to get one. June Day, Yes BM, Dion K, Toxic Shot, Bjorn Skarsgård, David CB, Infernal, Dillinger, John Smith, The One, Crufix. Craig is going to take us to 31. Every 25, I have to give five. So Craig is setting us on to 50. If we hit 50, I'd, I got to do it again. Uh, Rojo. Rojo's been talking a lot in chat. Good to see you get one. True Shinobi. Nicholas. Chrono Trigger. Frank Parker. Good to see you, Frank. And Jordan Stevenson. Enjoy the dope badges and emotes. You are dope. And you deserve dope stuff. What are you screenshotting that for, Eugene? What do you see? Hardot, Graydon. 
So crazy to me that gives go to so many who have them. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's kind of good though. That means it's going to people who are here a lot rather than like some random drive-by. I think they fixed it. If we saw a lot of whites, Eugene, I actually think that would probably be worse for us. I think we probably get better retention. Good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Oh, you can see the badges. I can't see the badges. They show their badge on mobile when they get the gifted. That's cool. All right, let me give... Let me. I got to give out my five. I got to give out my five now. Sorry, it's my first time here. No, June, you're you're fine. You are fine. I I think it's a good mix of of first timers as well as long timers. I think it's a good mix. You get to sample what we do, but it also I think is better to go to loyal viewers because you might never come back. You might be like, I just wanted to hear about Star Wars. I'm gone. Bye. You see what I'm saying? It's not personal. It's just as far as the efficiency of it goes, it going to loyal viewers makes way more sense. Because then they're way more likely to come back and enjoy the content that we do. Alright, there goes my five. Our chance, Jody B, Cyber DNA, do with the drum set, Gabriella Sunrise. There's my five, and we are at 31. So we may hit 50 sometime today. Maybe that'll happen in the second stream. That might happen in the second stream. Say what, before we go to the members segment, I'm gonna run upstairs quick uh, and use the restroom since we're at the end of the stream anyway. Make sure you guys check out all of the ways you can support uh, the glasses I'm wearing, the shirt I'm wearing. Those are commands you can type in chat. Do me a favor and smash a like button if you haven't already. Likes were a little light today. It'd be awesome to see 300 likes on the vid. And feel free to keep gifting members. You'll pull those people with us because we're getting ready to go to a members-only segment. We kind of break for lunch and kind of hang out. And uh, so... Uh, consider keeping that train going. I can come back and shout out all those members if you guys want to do that as like a surprise for me stepping away. Don't go anywhere. We got more great shows and more great content coming up. Hey, Lone Wolf, I'm glad that you got it gifted and keep coming back, man. Thank you.
Okay, I am going to push out this update to members and we're going to switch. Um, uh, video. Wait, let me try something. Your YouTube videos. We can kind of treat this as a Wednesday wind down AMA. Uh, post that to all members. We uh, we get these thumbnails for these. We've been doing so much. We don't have. We'll have those soon. Eventually, you guys will come and see that members tab, and you'll see uh, like a different thumbnail for the segments that we do. Wednesdays is a little bit just more laid back. So. If you prefer to not ride the redirect, you can click the link in chat. Redirect sometimes doesn't work. So you can click the link in chat if you're a member to head to the next segment. If you're not a member, it's only five bucks and it's the whole month. That's, you know, six segments a week and our Discord. That's a lot of content. You know, it's 24 segments a month for five bucks. And uh, some of those segments are with my wife and some of them are right now where we just kind of hang out while I eat my lunch and uh, take a bit of a break. Thanks so much for clicking on this, man. If you are a member, thanks so much for supporting it. Maybe you got a gifted member recently. Be sure to use the links below. Get into our Discord. Connect with the community. That way you don't miss these streams. We do a little bit of a break every day. This can be a kind of a Wednesday wind down. Maybe an AMA. Just kind of chill. Uh, talk about the channel. Uh, things that we're doing. We kind of use Wednesday for that. The other days of the week, we do stuff like new trailer Tuesdays, Throwdown Thursdays, an opportunity for me to play games. I think I'm going to check out Vampire Survivors tomorrow and just show it to you guys, play it for a little bit. Uh, Mondays is Mean Comment Monday. Although, this uh, this week we didn't do any mean comments, but we have been doing that. And then Friday nights, I hang out with my wife. So if 8 p.m. Eastern on a Friday night's good for you, be here. It's usually very fun. She's making some eggnog for this Friday, uh, and it should be a good time. I'm going to end the previous stream about Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor and bring everybody over.